My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me, who ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Has there ever been a day or age that has had more opportunities for ease and convenience than the times that we're living in right now? From the most mundane and ordinary to things that impact how we work and live, it seems that everything has been transformed in ways that seemed unimaginable not too long ago. Thanks to streaming services like Netflix or Hulu, the college students that I serve will never understand the struggle we had to go to Blockbuster Video, hoping that a a copy of the newest released movie would be available. And if not, and you were that desperate to see it, waiting at the returns area, hoping that a copy might just come back as you're standing there. My nieces can't imagine a world where they don't have immediate access to their, their parents, their grandparents, either through their phone or text or video chat. And as their uncle discovered yesterday, even while he's hearing confessions, if you wanted, you don't even have to leave your home to purchase anything, even a car. And speaking of cars, you can even have a car that will parallel park for you. Services will deliver dinner from practically any restaurant you want to order right to your door. But I wonder if that's kind of created this on-demand mentality where we kind of look to others or other things to do everything and the effect that that can have on us. While there's tremendous benefits to so many of these advances and developments, one of the drawbacks is that it's making us completely reliant on external things and dependent on them, even to the point that we can start taking advantage of it and start shirking our own responsibilities. For example, before Christmas, a friend of mine who was a professor is telling me that they're not just dealing with the old-fashioned plagiarism anymore with term papers and such, or even people that were purchasing term papers. Now, thanks to artificial intelligence, a computer can generate a paper that's written in a style that will mimic the student's own writing to the point that it can be difficult, if not impossible, for the professor to tell the difference, even with the help of other artificial intelligence programs. And a few friends of mine who are psychologists 
explained a growing challenge in helping their patients dealing with mental health issues. Because some will come for therapy imagining that because they're showing up, because they're paying for a session, that the therapist is just going to fix that relationship issue or remove that grief that they're struggling with or have that cure for depression rather than the patient seeing them as professionals who are there to kind of help and coach and assist and guide things and suggest things for them for whatever issue it is that they're dealing with, but ultimately that the patient has to do the work. And I wonder if this can impact how people attend to their, their spiritual lives and their souls as well. We hear in today's gospel, John the Baptist looking at Jesus and saying, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And as a priest, I've seen and heard different extremes on how some can take that as as a way of exempting themselves from any personal responsibility, where they kind of treat Jesus like an insurance policy that covers any and all the bad things they've done. Or others can act sometimes like just going to Mass or confession, just saying the act of contrition, promising to sin no more, is going to remove temptation or supercharge them to avoid committing that sin that they're, they're vulnerable to. As advanced as the world is that we live in, as convenient and stress-free as, as many things are, the spiritual life is not something that we can download. The avoidance and freedom from sin isn't something that we can order. And the pursuit of holiness is not something that happens simply by saying, I want that. And that's always been the case. Our scriptures today are reminding us that the human heart and truly fulfilling those deepest desires of it are never fulfilled apart from the Lord God. If he's not at the center and are listening to his word and living by his commands, we might be familiar with God. We might have information and knowledge about him. But the freedom and the holiness that our hearts are created for and desire are going to continue to seem elusive. And that's true whether the year was 2023 B.C. or us here in 2023 A.D. Yes, today we have conveniences and advances that our ancestors wouldn't even begin to understand or comprehend. But the deepest desires of the human heart being fulfilled, the reality of evil, of sin, trying to tempt humanity to find it anywhere other than God. That's been an issue from the day our our first parents, Adam and Eve, decided to trust a serpent rather than the Lord God in the Garden of Eden. In the first reading, one of the reasons that God had called this prophet Isaiah to speak to his people is that they were off track in dealing with all that was causing them strife and struggle. The people of Israel had been exiled. The temple, which had been the holiest place on earth, the place where God himself had dwelt among his people, had been destroyed. So many, they they were looking for that day that simply the exile was over, for the temple to be rebuilt, thinking that's going to make everything all good again. Their relationship with God would be great. Everything would be fine. Rather than seeing the kingdom and the temple were never meant to take the place of their, their own personal commitment to God. That each person was meant to strive to follow the law of the Lord. 
how every man and woman were to recognize that they had been called and chosen to be his people. And that they were, as the prophet declares today, made glorious in the sight of the Lord, and God was their strength. That psalm today echoed their divine appointment in response to that as we prayed with our ancestors, Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. Apart from that familiar refrain, though, the psalmist tells us what exactly that means. Ears open to obedience. To do your will, O God, is my delight, and your law is written on my heart. In a lot of ways, just rebuilding a temple is a lot easier than these things. Because what God's calling for requires an internal conversion. Daily choices and decisions are impacted. And in the gospel, St. John the Baptist's declaration that Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world wasn't meant simply as an identification as a resource, but an invitation that if we want the deepest desires of our human heart to be fulfilled, looking to Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life is our only hope. Jesus doesn't just tell us that have radical trust in the Father, but he shows us what that means. He is the Lamb of God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And by humbling himself, by becoming one of us, he demonstrates perfect obedience to the Father's will. Jesus himself will continue to make that choice himself every time he rejects Satan and his works and his lies and will remember God's promises and live in obedience to his will which leads all the way to the cross. That's the hard, difficult, day-to-day grind that every one of us faces as well. But as John the Baptist invites us to behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, he's pointing us to, to recognize that Jesus offers us salvation and freedom and fulfillment, but that's something that we ourselves have to want That requires an active engagement on our part. Jesus wants to save us from sin, but for us to behold him requires letting go of all the other things that we so often cling to.